Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from the Holy Trinity, let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your presence in this time of worship and gathering. And we pray for open hearts and open minds as we ponder the words of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, brought to us by your servant, Luke. Amen. Now, back in my sophomore year of high school, I was a proud alto saxophonist in the marching band. That fall, we marched a programmatic show titled Ride of the Horsemen, which was loosely based on several passages from Revelation on the four horsemen. We had four movements. The first was humanity's fall from grace and the horsemen of war. The second was our ballad about the horsemen of famine and pestilence. The third was the horsemen of death and the hell that follows with him. And the fourth movement was Jesus descending from heaven to restore and reconcile creation with God. However, in our first performance during our county's preview show, we only had the first three movements ready to march on the field. Even though we knew the music for the fourth movement, you know, the one about Jesus, um, our band director decided against playing it. So after marching the first three movements, I remember that stadium was silent except for a lone snare drum marching us off the field. Now responding to that silence, I was concerned, puzzled, and worried that perhaps I had not given a great performance that night. But the next day, our director told us that our show was, to a degree, rather depressing. We showed up, performed a show about the sinfulness of humanity, war that consumes the world, famines and plagues that affect our livelihood, death that takes, hell that destroys, and the apocalypse. And then we told everyone to have a safe ride home. I mean, to their credit, they had only heard part of the story. But what about war and plague and death and the suffering of hell? They didn't know how the story ends when Jesus descends to restore creation. I mean, not hearing that end, what were they going to do? Who would applaud such things? What else would they do but sit in silence at such words? And it's that silence that brings us to our passage today from Luke. After spending the better part of the day in the temple, discussing the resurrection and selfless charity, Jesus overhears some people admiring the temple's polished polished stones and glistening walls, calling them dedicated gifts to God. A beautiful testament to the Jewish faith and the physical representation of God's presence in the world. But Jesus tells them that the temple will be removed stone by stone until none are left. Concerned, they ask him, Teacher, when, how, and what signs can they look for? 
But before answering their question, Jesus first warns them of false prophets who will lead them astray and say the time is near when it isn't. Jesus tells the crowd of wars and insurrections within and among kingdoms and nations. Horrible natural disasters that will shake the very earth. Famines and plagues, dreadful signs in the sky, and all these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Even though Jesus assures them of his presence and a wisdom to fulfill the mission of testifying and proclaiming the gospel, he continues to warn about persecutions against the crowd, how they will be arrested and persecuted throughout the empire, how families will betray families and friends will betray friends, how they will be hated and even put to death. To the crowd's credit, they haven't heard how the story ends. But even so, what would they do? Who would applaud such things? War, plague, death, suffering, and the symbol of their faith will be demolished. Would they be scared? Worried about what to do next, unsettled over what is coming. Well, according to theologian Stephanie Crowder, every generation is in search for a sign. And through that searching, when faced with the brokenness of creation, sin distracts the crowd's attention to what will happen in the future rather than what is happening in the moment. Even after hearing Jesus preach in the temple on the resurrection and selfless charity, sin concerns the crowd over the destruction of the symbol of their faith, the temple. Through a warning of persecution, sin worries the crowd about how best to prepare for that suffering. Amid the panic of planning for what is to come, sin separates the crowd from Jesus' restoring and healing of creation. Sin alienates them from those who need Christ's ministry, which God calls the crowd to follow. And it's through that same brokenness of creation, even though we are called to be bold in proclaiming the gospel, sin alienates us from those who need to hear that gospel. As we adjust our livelihoods in response to the rise and fall of inflation, sin worries us by keeping the economy unpredictable in response to wars and plagues. As we keep ourselves glued to election results, sin divides us from working together between families and friends because we all don't think the same. Sin seeks to separate us from God by destroying the physical symbols of our faith, like when sin set fire to this church in 1980. But even though we do know how the story ends, 
Jesus knew how sin would use the brokenness of creation through those wars, famines, plagues, death, suffering, to alienate us from those who need God's healing and restoring power. That's why he warned them that the destruction of the temple would not follow immediately after these signs. That's why Jesus draws the crowd away from the temple and out into the world to witness the ways Jesus will continue to provide healing and restoration to those in need. That's why Jesus promises the crowd that he will always be present with them during their sufferings and persecutions so that they may continue to witness Christ's ministry. That's why Jesus promises the crowd that he will provide the words on their behalf to proclaim the gospel. That's why Jesus promises the crowd that in the end creation will be fully restored and they will have eternal life with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And even if we go to the destruction of the temple in the year 70, sin did leave a wound in Jerusalem that is still there today at the Wailing Wall. It's the remaining portion of one of the temple's last walls. And even without the temple, the church is still here because in that brokenness of creation, we experience Christ's promises today because the Holy Spirit is released into the world to continue the ministry of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit continues to move through this community community today for us to witness and proclaim the gospel. The Holy Spirit continues to heal this community by providing resources to support Mission Lexington year-round through us. The Holy Spirit continues to prepare the minds of children by supporting a preschool ministry down the hall through us. Holy Spirit continues to provide for those in need with thanksgiving baskets through us. And even when sin, through that brokenness of creation, set fire to this sanctuary in 1980, the Holy Spirit continued to work by moving worship down the hall to the gym through us. Friends and siblings in Christ, Martin Luther tells us that God gives us the physical symbols of our faith because God knows how difficult it is to have faith in what we cannot see. It's why God built for Jerusalem the temple. It's why God planted this church here in Lexington, South Carolina. It's why God offers us this Eucharist, this communion at the Lord's table. Not because they are necessary for the presence of God, but because they help us remember that the Holy Spirit moves throughout the world and in our lives today. To help us remember that the end has yet to come, that Christ is present with us in this moment right now. And in a few moments, God will invite us to this table where Christ has promised us to always be present.
God will invite us to partake in the physical act of remembering and receiving one of the greatest promises of Christ's ministry. This body given for you. This blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And as we leave here today, God will call and invite us to watch, to listen, to witness, and to testify to the beautiful, wonderful, healing and restoring things that God is doing right here and now through us. Because the Holy Spirit is released outside those doors as well. Thanks be to God.